Sticky, Ricky Stewart, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. What's doing? Yeah, mate. I have heard about the sponsorship down there. Doing well. Canberra Milk. No, mate, I think it's uh, some good synergies there, that's for sure. Yeah, mate, what's happening? Right. You asked the boys to, to drink the milk. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds great. A few of the boys lactose intolerant. Okay, yeah. You think it might be made up? Oh, mate, I, I don't know. I, I think they're pretty... Pretty serious issue. Okay, so what's sort of happening? Right, a handful of players defecating themselves at training. Right, okay. Yeah, I can see how that could be a problem in terms of you know, going out there and training. Um, all right, mate, look, what I'll do, I'll do a bit of a ring around of the players and, uh, yeah, just sort of check in with them. Yeah, but you still want them to drink the milk. All right, I'll sort it out, mate. Excellent. Yep. Oh, you got to run? Hang up with me. Love you too. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show season two, episode 34. My name is Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Now, uh, tonight, you know, we've got so much to cover. It is state of origin season. We've finally made it. I mean, you know, you know, throughout the preseason, the, the, the start, you know, the first few rounds of the competition, we all want to start talking origin. It's never too early, but we finally made it. Uh, but anyway, before we jump into it, uh, let's dive into our warm up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. And to celebrate all things State of Origin, we're going to continue with our little Mount Rushmore series. And this week we are talking about, well, who is our top four New South Welshmen of all time? That is a very, very good question. Now, painfully, we're going to throw it over to Coz uh, because Queensland through and through. I know this one's a little bit painful for you. So, uh, yeah, interested to hear your thoughts here. Um, get the chisel out. Let's get this Mount Rushmore happening. Who's your top four players of all time? Well, I'm being very, I think, you know, I know it is origin time, but there are a few New South Welshmen that I don't mind, but I have to start with Roddy Wishart. I, I just thought he seemed nice. He seemed like a nice, <laughs> a nice person. Um, and I like the way he played anyone who stealer. So uh, he's at the top of the list there. Boyd Cordner, it was hard to hate. I'm like, oh, he's too respectful. So it, opposite to Gallon, it was fun to hate when we were the, the captain of the New South Wales team. But Boyd, yeah, he's, he seems like a nice fella too. Craig Wing, for reasons, I think fairly obvious why some people would like him. But also Asian rugby league represents, so I liked um, Craig, when he, he played for Japan too, so there's another point for him. And Sterlo, he was born in Toowoomba where I grew up as well, but I miss his commentary. I thought he, he had a very good insight um, into the game and obviously on the field he caused a bit of pain for Queensland, but I just, you just have to respect him. And I, I do miss his presence in the rugby league world at the moment, actually. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Wishart, he was he was incredibly quick. And, yeah, it doesn't make you feel old to see his son playing for Melbourne. Uh, Cordner, yeah, look, as tough as they come. What an incredible, incredible leader. Craig Wing, is he, like, the best-looking person, like, we've ever produced ever? Like, you know, either genders. Oh, yeah. it, I mean, he was, I mean, yeah, Craig, come on, it, it just uh, <laughs> pretty special. Into your there. secrets, please. <laughs> and Sturlow, um, 
Well, uh, looks may, you know, I guess I'm sure there's, you know, different types out there for different people. Sterling may not have had that, <laughs> may not have had that, but yeah, incredible, incredible player. Um, and you're right, you know, you talk about his analysis, his football brain, um, you know, certainly contributed to, um, you know, a big part of sports media um, after his football career. D, what about yourself? Celebration time, New South Wales, state of origin, just around the corner. Our next episodes will be landing on uh, game one day, so we cannot wait for it. So this is a little bit of a tease, but who's on your Mount Rushmore, my friend? Buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Number four. I'm going to go from bottom to top. Number four at 11 Origins, Anthony APAC Mini Minicello. That bloke, and I think, yeah, we can all, we all know, hands down. He was incredible. He was incredibly fast, and I think he did the wrists proud. He was one of those players that ended his playing career strong. Um, so he's definitely one of them up there. Number two, Heine. Good old Nathan Heinmarsh. How can we forget that big head and hair? 17 origins. Obviously, amazing captain for Parramatta Eels. Never got a premiership, but definitely tried his hardest. Poor bloke. Number three, number two on the list, Andrew Joey Johns. I feel like it's going to be really hard to talk about um, anything blues without men mentioning Andrew Johns. He is definitely a legend. He was uh, pretty handy at this football thing. <laughs> what, mm. I, Who would have thought, right? I, I love that. I love that. So recap, give us your four again. So we're going to go Minicello, yep. Nathan Hindmarsh, yep. Joey Johns, and a big drum roll for my number one. No surprise there. Beaver, Stephen the Beaver <laughs> Menzies. You know I had to pull a sea eagle on top of that one. You know, obviously an incredible group on the field, but just quietly off the field. Imagine the imagine the chaos uh, that group would uh, <laughs> would be involved in. Um, yeah, look for me, not my top four. Very, very difficult. Really, really challenging. Um, so Joey, obviously, you know, arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Freddie Fittler, uh, one of the best New South Wales players of all time. And this is where it gets really, really challenging. So I had I had Bedsy. I have Danny Badiris over Paul Harrigan, but it was very, very close. It was very hard for me to keep um, Chief out of the team. Uh, that was that was particularly painful for me. Uh, and then I've gone with Do- uh, Laurie Daly. Um, again, he just pipped Gal. Uh, it was... Again, very, very difficult for me to keep Paul Gallen out of the side. Um, you know, you look at his CV, everything he achieved, all of his gains. But if I just try and compare the players themselves, Laurie was just special. You know, we've rarely seen players like him, you know, in terms of his ability to play in multiple positions, do it at an elite level. But again, this is top four. Uh, Chief, um, Gal should be there. But um, anyway, uh, definitely some incredible legends there. And again, just a little bit of a tease. Again, reminder, our next lot of episodes will be dropping uh, on the day of game one. So our state of origin preview. So get keen. It's um, just around the corner. All right, team, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, team, there is some football to be played uh, before the big state of origin event, and that is, uh, yeah, well, it's going to be a very interesting uh, round of football. Round 13. Um 
Cos, in our first feature game, we see the Gold Coast Titans coming up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, when you look at the Titans, so you look at their key outs, um, Fafita's injured, so not, not, in, not, not, not through state of origin, but he's out through an injury. Um, Tino... Uh, and then you've also got Jai Arrow, who might play. You know, there's obviously where he's selected in the in the squad. They may release him for the game. Um, and then when you look at the Cowboys, well, their their entire team's out. So re- reading this, we've got Holmes, we've got Cotter, Nanai, Dearden, uh, Dearden. A chance, but he is in that 18th role, so I can't see them releasing him. Hammer and uh, Murray Tuilagi, I think they might might release as well. So you know, teams might get a couple of players back. But um, anyway, jump into this. Queensland derby, it's, it's it's come around at a weird time, but, um, yeah, talk us through this one. I think Tino being out, the captain, he, I, I, I just want to give him a hug because he just, feel, it just feels like he has the world on his shoulders at the moment, um, the last game. I don't, it wasn't a surprise that they lost like that because they've done it. It's it's like Raiders and the Titans, you know, there is no score that is safe at halftime. Um, if you're an opposition team, and I and that's not that's not something that you want as a, a team for other oppositions to know that you know you are never safe. So I don't know this one with the amount of outs the Cowboys have as well. You think that Titans are a chance, but just just the confidence in that Cowboys team and the fact that they'll who are they going to bring in? They'll they'll just know what they have to do. Um, this will be closer than it should be. Like Titans should win this with the players that they've got. Um, but I don't. It's actually hard. Oh, not Titans. Cowboys should win this. I mean, so yeah. I D- don't. D, this I don't is know. this is you know exactly what Cos is saying. This is going to be psychological warfare because Titans should win this game. Titans should win this game. They're actually outside. I, I don't know. I don't know what the betting markets are doing. I think everyone is guessing. You know, with the state of origin situation. But for me, I, I agree. I think the Gold Coast Titans, you know, should be able to win this one comfortably given all the Cowboys outs. But you know, D. Talk to us about this one because you just you just get a little bit of a sense that this weekend we're going to see some ambushes. We're going to see some you know young juniors that get an opportunity to pull on jerseys. It's going to mean the absolute world to them. So you know I guess everyone's going to be thinking that a few of these teams are going to struggle, whereas in fact these kids that get these jerseys they're going to be desperate to put on a strong performance. And you know there's going to be quite a few um, you know players who debut this weekend. So. Again, as much as a lot of the stars are missing, it's great to see um, you know some of the younger players get an opportunity. Oh, absolutely! And I've look, I've personally circled the Titans to take this one out, and that's probably more my heart, and not my head, that's talking here. But I'm, I've literally got them Titans by ten. Um, as much as the Cowboys have played together, I still have hope that the Titans are not going to get used to losing. They're not going to get used to it and just feel like it's familiar. I still have hope that they're going to just come in and just swoop through. I don't know. This is the week. This is the week for a surprise. This this, this game is 50-50. Uh, game responsibly. Look, when you think about the Cowboys, they are trying to establish themselves as a serious contender. They had a little bit of a mishap last week. So forgetting origin, they really want to, excuse me, they want to really bounce back um, and show that they're, they're a serious contender. Um, and... I know Toddy Payton and I know that there is going to be absolutely no excuses. He is going to expect this football team to go out there and play as if none of these players are missing. Now, whether that's right or wrong, 
realistic or unrealistic. That's going to be Toddy Payton's expectations. And, you know, you think about some of the talent that's left in the team, Scotty Drinkwater, Chad Townsend, um, you know, Tamalolo, you know, you've got Hammerin and Tuolagi who will probably get released back into the team. So, look, it, it's going to be interesting. But then the Titans, cause they were totally embarrassed. I mean, that that's... That that that's a hard watch, and you know, obviously, you don't like talking about coaches being under pressure and things like that. But all I would say is that Jaden Campbell obviously brings a lot in the fullback position. You've got a lot of talent within this team. I guess what I'm saying is both teams are going to be uh, keen to make a, a, a comeback here and, and really make a really get the two points here. So, no sitting on the fence, team D. You've got um, Titans winning by ten points. Cause. Yeah, I want to say Titans because they've also got players that missed Origin like AJ Brimson. He's got a point to prove as well, and he looked devastated after that loss, and I think they'll be working hard to turn it around. So Titans should win. It's at home. I'll tip them by. I'll go six, so I'm a little bit different today. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the Cowboys because look, tipping the the Titans only brings uh, pain into your life. It's uh, a little bit of an up and down uh, journey. But I but I am a little bit concerned about Brimson. I agree, Cos. I think we have not seen anywhere near his best, and he is about to really take his game to that next level. So you know, some of these players that missed out on Origin, uh, they're going to come and do some special things. If they can get Jai Arrow out of Origin camp, sneaks in there, and he's able to play, he'd be on an absolute tear as well. But you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, which players get um, gets gets released there. All right, team, let's move through to our next feature game as we see the Canberra Raiders coming up against the Sydney Roosters. Um, Dee, let's quickly go through the outs for the Raiders. Ouch, this one hurts. No Jack Whiten, no Josh Papali'i. Again, it's only two players, but D, it's the two players for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, you flip that over to the Roosters. Again, two players that really hurt. James Tedesco will be out. Um, you know, Joey Manu should be able to slip into the fullback role there. Uh, Daniel Tupo, um, shock selection for New South Wales. He won't play. And Joseph Sawali will probably get released to go back and play. So, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? Because, again, this is really going to test the mentality and uh, the spirit within the Canberra Raiders because they've been a little bit patchy, but in recent times, you know, They've tried to show a little bit with Ricky Stewart. Um, yeah, thoughts on this game? Look, I've got Roosters circled in big red markers at the moment with, again, a bee's dick, two to four points. So I'm not sure just how much the outs are going to affect them this week. I feel like the pressure from last round is going to get to the Raiders. Two out is a lot for them, and I feel like Sticky Stew is going to get really angry and maybe even bust a blood vessel in the middle of his forehead. Because, um, you know, when, you, when you're sort of analysing these games, you're trying to work out, right, which teams are genuinely going to be impacted by, uh, by origin. And, uh, you know, I... <laughs> I, lo- I love Dee's, um, her, her analogies and her analysis on the game. But, you know, I tend to agree. When, when, you, when you look at the Sydney Roosters, as crazy as this sounds, without James Tedesco and without Daniel Tupo, I don't think much changes. I, I really think the Roosters are going to be able to produce a similar performance. When I when I think about the Canberra Raiders, though, without Jack White and Josh Papali'i, now, now that's what makes me nervous. What, what What's your thoughts on this one? I, don't know, I think Tupo is a little bit underrated. I think he probably does a bit more work than people think. So I'm gonna, I'm going to, oh, as much as everyone knows how much Papali'i means to the Raiders, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip them to surprise us because that's just what they've done. They've just been so inconsistent. They're not supposed to win this one, so maybe they will because what makes sense in Raiders land now. So 
I don't know, but I, I'm going to go the Raiders to surprise everyone. And also, um, I think we've mentioned that Jamal Fogarty's actually going to play a second game. So I think more games he plays, he'll get better with the team. So I know it's a little bit of a, um, a heart one for me. I think I just want him to do well in that team. So I will tip the Raiders by... I won't say what you said, Dee, <laughs> but t- by two, by two, maybe. Yeah, just I, why not? Because I don't know these these two teams. I think we've struggled all year with their consistency and up down, up down. So it's just just throwing it out there. I think Raiders. Why not? Yeah, look, you know Jamal Fogarty. He's a very, very imp- impressive uh, professional. You know, not to call out players, but you know, one of the things that you know blows my mind is. You're a full-time professional athlete who's competing in the toughest rugby league competition on the entire planet. You know, you, you, you know, one of the things that we just expect is to be rock-hard fit, to be an absolute true athlete. Now, there's a few players in the competition where that may not be the case, but Jamal Fogarty, he is an absolute professional. Uh, and you can just see by the way in which he takes care of his body, he's a very physical player. And, and, and you know, it, it, it obviously helps him get the most out of his play. Is he the most naturally gifted player we've got in the competition? Probably not. But you can just tell that he's got to where he's got to in his career through hard work, dedication, working his way through the pathways. He's an incredible leader. And the Gold Coast Titans have missed him, missed him terribly. So, you know, obviously a little bit of adversity that he's faced with with the injury coming in. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. He's a really handy player to have in, in, this, in this game. In saying all that, I'm going to go the Roosters. Uh, I think we need to be on Sam Walker watch this week. Now, it, it, it hasn't um, gone past me that Tommy did and sort of got that emerging player selection, you know, within the Queensland origin team. Sam Walker would be dirty. Now, he's not going to say that publicly, obviously, but, you know, this guy is the next big thing. He's the big young young playmaker coming through. And, yeah, look, if I was Sam Walker, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty annoyed that, you know, I wasn't part of that. Nothing against Tommy Dearden. He's been great this year. But, yeah, expect a little bit of a little bit extra from Sam Walker. And then when you look at their team, still got Kiri on the books as well during an origin period. So that puts him in a good position. Um, Roosters for me. The other one, just to quickly mention, Angus Crichton not getting selected for origin. Um, I would put out a safety warning. I would probably ask that he wears like a fluoro yellow vest because I fear for the damage that he's going to produce. I mean, there's some tough players in, in, um, in, in that in that football team for Canberra, but Angus Crichton, he's going to be out there ripping off heads. So yeah, he's going to be pretty disappointed that he didn't get picked uh, and it should make it for a, for a pretty good game. All right, team, let's jump through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, we're just going to quickly go around the grounds on the buy teams. Obviously, you know, there's there's a few teams that, you know, got the week off and, um, you know, if they had a lot of uh, players in origin, that puts them in a pretty good position. I know the Panthers, you know, we'll talk about them in, in a moment, but they're certainly feeling, uh, feeling it happening to play this weekend, whereas a few of these other clubs um, get the weekend off. Um, so quickly around the grounds, just um, we'll just spend a little bit of time talking about the players, how, how we feel like the team's been going. Cos, I'm um, just going to start with the first buy team here, and that's the Brisbane Broncos. Just quickly, um, yeah, thought, thoughts, you know, we're, we're, we're here now, you know, round 13, middle of the year. What's your thoughts on the Brisbane Broncos so far? I think they've been a bit of a surprise packet, haven't they? I think just the way that the last sort of, was it six in a row, they're in the top four. Who would have thought that after the year they've had? But 
Um, I think it's, it's enjoyable to watch, and the the young the young players are just producing some really exciting football. And all the debuts they've had recently, like Ezra Mam, I loved watching him being able to play. And I think they did a little flashback of he was um, performing a traditional dance last year for Indigenous Round, and then this year actually got to play and scored a try, and it's pretty pretty cool. So I think there's a good vibe around Brisbane. Like the city loves it when they're winning. So, um, but it's just a bit of a surprise. But it, it's good. Queenslanders at the top of the ladder. Love that. So yeah. no, it's, can't complain. It, it, it's yeah, it, it's um, it's been very very impressive, and and I love the fact that you brought up Ezra because. You know, for me, that that's what highlights really good football teams. It's it's actually the players that don't make the seventeen. That's when you know you're in the money. That's when you know you've got a really good football team. You know, if Ezra plays for the Canterbury Bulldogs, he's been playing for the past three seasons. He's battered. He's bruised. He's lost his confidence. He's probably no longer playing rugby league. Um, you know, he's probably auditioning uh, for the A League competition. But you know, in all seriousness, that's the difference between you know some of these better teams and some of the teams that are struggling. Is that you know these um, the, these top teams are able to um, you know sort of slowly bring these players through. And um, you know, it's great to see that Broncos have been able to do that because you know last few years they haven't been able to do that some of those forwards that you know you know I I think there's players who played more NRL than they have Queensland Cup and um, you know some of those reserve grade games is pretty pretty impressive because I'm gonna gonna stick with you on this one just because it's your team Um, just a quick little check-in on the Dragons I don't know they're it's weird where they are I'm happy when they're winning but I, I don't know I think they seem to be working towards maybe not this season but next season but there's a few teams I think are in a similar sort of boat as them um, we have spoken about the up and down ones um, I drag dragons are relying a lot on Benny Hunt so it's good that there's a buy because he's not playing this week um, and he's been one of the most consistently best players for the team um, for a while so just want to just want to see more players step up and, and help him I think uh, that would produce a couple more wins but they're not doing as poorly as I thought because they were my one of my wooden spoon tips I just I didn't I didn't know how they were going to win many games but I've been happily surprised so traveling there's one I of think- those ones sort of mid the, the mid teams there, there's a few there sort of it's going to be a bit of a, a tight jam for you know, the top is at the top and then the rest and then the bottom. Yeah. It's a big just battling game. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it's been a, you know, it's been, been okay. You know, they're, they're sitting in ninth position, still in contention for finals, and that's probably all you can ask for at the moment. They have their moments. They have their good days. They have their bad days. You know, obviously there's a big difference between them and the top teams, but, um, yeah, they, they just need to, like, sort out some of these younger players, though. I know there's a little bit of, un, you know, there's some unsettled players there as they – try and work out, you know, what's the best process here? You know, is it win now? Is it, you know, sort of continuing on with some of these younger players? So, yeah, interesting. D, uh, Parramatta Reels, sitting in fifth position. Um, just a quick read on, on Parramatta so far. Is that kind of where you expected them to be sort of mid-year? Yes, absolutely. Top eight team, 100% I expected them to be here. I think they're doing well considering they don't have some of their bigger bum seat players like your Mike Acevos mm. um, as much. I think I'm looking forward to him coming back because he's not going to use a big draw crowd. He's one of those entertaining players you like to watch. Um, but really impressed by them so far. Yeah. I mean, last week wasn't a fun time, um, but it was great to watch. 
No, they they they're, they're pretty impressive. They've gone through their injury challenges. They they couldn't find an outside back for for weeks. No. I think they they put some advertisements in the local paper to try and get an outside back there at Parramatta. But um, yeah, no top five. That's uh, that's pretty good for Parramatta. Uh, next team is the Newcastle Knights. Don't have to spend a lot of time here. It's been obviously a disappointing season, sitting in thirteenth position. But you know, realistically, you know, we're still sort of in contention for that uh, bottom of the table. Um, you know, look, trying to stick with the positives is Anthony Milford. You know, that's obviously a really big positive for us. Um, you know, again, you talk about full-time professionals. You know, he's been out of the game for quite a while. We just need to get him rock-hard fit. Um, it's really, really important that we can, uh, you know, make sure that he uh, he's, uh, you know, can bring the best football to the Knights. And then they've got a decision to make, um, you know, how they sort of, you know, put all this together and what that looks like for the future. Because clearly, you know, the big issue with the Knights at the moment is the halves. So, yeah, disappointing. Um, for the night so far, but hopefully some of our players can come out of the Origin camps with a little bit of confidence as well. Um, Kalen Ponga, hopefully he plays well, but not too well, and brings a little bit of that confidence back to the Knights. Um, just quickly, guys, guys, we've got, got a few more buy teams to quickly run through. Um, D, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. They're sitting in eighth position. It, it, it's hard to get a read on them at the moment. What's your thoughts on the Bunnies? I'm disappointed in the Bunnies. I really am disappointed in the Bunnies. They're just one of those rock-hard teams you expect to be further along. I would have expected them to be fifth, fourth or fifth place at this stage Um, for the crew that they have, for the back of house that they have, the amount of coaching staff they have, um, the amount of expertise they have on their their side. I I expect more. You know, do you think part of their challenge um, as well is like, you know, there's just – there's so many questions in around this team at the moment. I mean, it doesn't help when I forget that one of their star players doesn't play, you know, you know, plays for them at the moment. You know, obviously I've been saying throughout the episode that Jai Arrow plays for the Gold Coast Titans. Um, spoiler alert, he's been <laughs> he's been playing for the Bunnies for a little bit of time now. But, um, yeah, a little bit of a brain fart from me. But, D, you know, is there some sort of deeper meaning to that? Because some of their star players under a little bit of pressure. We haven't seen the best of them. And, you know, you talk about a player like Jai who gets overlooked for origin, you know, whilst it is a buy this week, over the next few weeks, hopefully we see the best out of South Sydney because, um, you know, there's going to be quite a few frustrated players, a little bit of a freshen up this weekend. Um, Yeah, you know, what's your thoughts? You know, some of these Cody Walkers, Latrell Mitchell won't be too too much uh, further away. That's going to be make a big difference. Um, yeah, we got thoughts on oh, Sears over the next little while. Latrell Mitchell is amazing, but you don't want to put all this pressure on one player when you have an entire squad to pick from. Yeah, I personally feel like with all the changes that the Rabbitohs have seen over the last season or two, especially losing Reynolds, everything with good old Wayne Bennett and the like. They're just not showing that resilience that other clubs have shown coming through turmoil, coming through really tough times. You look at the Broncos now, despite what happened, despite them booing Payne Haas, shame on you Brisbane Broncos supporters, but the way that they bounced back with all of the turmoil and all of the changes they've seen happen on their, in their squad um, really showed a lot more resilience than I expect the Rabbitohs to do the same. 
Yeah, there we go. And uh, I'm going to be paying special attention to Jai Arrow now after <laughs> after that one. Um, all right, uh, look, I'll take one here. The Cronulla Sharks, um, you know, again, again, another interesting team. They're sitting in seventh position. Um, you know, did I expect them to be here? No, I didn't. Um, I actually thought that it would take a little bit more time for them to gel. So I think, you know, one of the good things about the Cronulla Sharks coming out of the gate so fast at the start of the year is they were able to bank a few wins. They were able to bank competition points. So they've been a little bit patchy recently, and that's more been, you know, kind of where I thought Cronulla would be this season. But, you know, they find themselves in a really good position at the ladder, you know, at, at the moment, and that's because of that that fast start. You know, now what they've got to be able to do is to come back and, and sort of add a little bit more consistency to their performances. Um, again, injuries haven't been kind to them. And again, you know, I've said it about a few other players, Kalen Ponga, but, you know, imagine imagine how Nico Hines is going to return to the Cronulla Sharks. You know, whether he plays, whether he doesn't, this seat, this seat uh, series across the three games, I really feel like that could give him a little bit of an edge, and he's been an out-and-out star. So, look, Cronulla Sharks, probably ahead of where, where I had them at the start of the year, um, as a lot of people. But, um, yeah, look, positive times. A little bit up and down, but, um, yeah, Cronulla Sharks. Cos, Melbourne Storm. Yeah, I think they are where you think they'd be. They're currently second on the ladder. And it's funny because the way people have been talking about them recently, it's like they're, they're sort of mid-table or dropping out of the eight. Like, they're literally second on the ladder. They're still the team that we all think they are. They've just, they've just had a couple more losses than our brains can compute, I think. It's, it's weird because you expect success from them. They've been such a successful team for such a long time. But um, the fact that they, they won last week with pretty much the same team that lost the week before, you know, they were able to turn it around. I think um, there, is, there is a lot of talent in there and they, they do have that high level of coaching where, you know, high expectations of everyone as well. So I think Storm are travelling okay. They probably have had a few more losses than they would normally like, but I don't know. It, it is weird how we are all talking about them and they've lost their edge and all that, but they're still actually second. I, I had to check that. I'm like, oh. They're doing okay. Yeah. It's not all panic stations, yeah. I think, you know, and, and even last week in a few of the episodes, I, I think I, I get into the frame of mind of wanting to shit stir Dana a little bit, you know. Like, it was only a few weeks ago the Storm were beating teams by 70 points. So um, as much as, you know, I sort of probably turned it on a little bit over the last couple of weeks and said we need to relegate them from the competition, they're going that badly. Um, in all seriousness, no, they're, they're an incredible football team. Um Craig Bellamy, he knows all the problems within the team at the moment. And, you know, some of these battle scars for some of these younger, inexperienced players, you know, that's probably one of the things we spoke about is, you know, they haven't, you know, quite a few of this squad now haven't achieved anything. You know, there's, there's not not every one of their squad members is a premiership winner. They've got a lot of young players who, you know, in particular on the bench. So I, I think, you know, this sort of adversity is only going to be good for them towards the back end of the year. All right, D, uh, last team that's on the bye this week, uh, West Tigers. Um Sitting in 15th position, but I don't know. Why am I talking about them optimistically? I think it's because I've just got so much love for Jackson Hastings. Um, I've been following his career for quite a long time. Um, I just think he's just brought you know an incredible edge, and he's just brought something back to the Tigers. Yes, they're the Tigers. They've been up and down, losing way too many games. But, um, again, I also want Madge to hold on to his job. But, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on where they're at? Um, yeah, mid-year. Look, I think we all have hope for them because you have your James Tamos, you have your Luke Brooks on that on that squad. You've got some really good players on there. Um, and I'm with you. I don't want 
Michael Maguire to lose his job. I think it's a shame for him to go this time of the season. Look at how it's affecting other teams like the Dogs. Um, it's, again, it may be a little bit too late for them to finally start to gel or figure out what the hell they want to do and how they want to play as a team and whether they decide or not to play for each other, whether they decide or not to play for these fans and those members that come to their matches. Um but I, I have hope they've just got a really good squad. D. They've I, got a really good squad. It's about to just it, it's about to get interesting at Leichhardt because Adam Dewey's coming back. So how are um, we how are we going to make all of this work? You know, obviously we've got we've got Dane Laurie. He's one of the more talented players in their team at fullback. You know, we've got Jackson Hastings, we've got Luke Brooks, and now we've got Adam Dewey coming back. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that comes together. So if Madge can figure that out. Who knows? I'm not saying finals, but I am saying that, you know, it's a little bit more positive than what it was at the start of the year. All right, team. Well, there you go. There's a little bit of a a recap of your teams uh, that potentially have the buy, but we've still got two teams to just quickly power through in rapid fire. Um, Cole's going to throw the first one over to you. It is the baby, baby (laughs) Panthers coming up against a full strength Bulldogs team. Uh, we were talking about this off air. This takes us back to the baby Broncos vibes. Remember when the entire team was basically picked for Queensland and then we tune in and we watch a few kids put on the Bulldog, uh, the Broncos jersey and they'd win half the time as well. Talk to us about this one. This one's going to be, you know, the, the top team versus the bottom team, but yeah. obviously the situation they find themselves in. I know, just looking at the outs and they're missing half of their team, basically the Panthers and so much talent, but I still... I don't know if you can tip the dogs. You're still going to go Penrith. Yep. Why not? Because, like you said, they've they've got young talent. Like everyone that they've pulled through this year has done their job. So I don't. While you know, not every team has a never-ending churn of players that can just pop up. But I think Panthers can. They D. they do have that run. So D. I, 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 I what are we doing? I agree with Cos. Like, is this really going to happen? Are the Penrith Panthers? Going to go out there and win this game. I mean, they, they, they're losing everyone. I, I think they're, they're water boy, um, you know, possibly, you know, assistant co- I don't know. They, 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 they've lost everyone, uh, and they're coming up against a full-strength full Bulldog side who are struggling. But um, you get the final vote on this. Me and Cosigo and Penrith, what's, the baby Panthers, what's your thoughts? Listen, I think that if Fox doesn't put a show for the oh, New South Wales Cup Panthers side that's coming up against the NRL Bulldogs, then that's a mad shame. Um, this is legitimately, sounds like, it's the, it's the New South Wales Cup Panthers side coming up against the Dogs this weekend. Yeah, that's um, right. I mean, gamble but, responsibly, but how many how many, how many tries is uh, the Fox going to score? Uh, over, under, two, three. There we go. I've run out of digits. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I feel like Fox has something to prove. He always has something to prove every week. But he needs to just run them over. All right, we'll lock that in. You've got the Canterbury Bulldogs. All right, team, uh, last one. As we see the Manly Warringah Seagulls, uh, difficult times uh, for D's mob, obviously losing, uh, you know, Tommy Turbo. Um, in terms of the outs, um, only DCE uh, is missing from Manly um, and the Warriors traditionally, you know, this is a period where they can really rack up some points and they definitely need to do that. D, we're just going to throw, throw, throw this over to you. What's your thoughts? You know, I'm going to go see Eagles every time. Jorge or George Tafua, Jorge, showed up last weekend, obviously back to his usual self. Um, But it is Golden Eagles Day this weekend. So what a shame to be out at Four Pines Park in the middle of Brookie going against the Warriors that we know we have a good record against, home and away. 
um, against the old Golden Eagles, old school guys sitting in the crowd or watching you, it'd be a shame to go wrong. Look, I, I, I would, you know, I, I don't typically tip against the Warriors during Origin because that doesn't make a lot of sense because they have their full team, but I'm going to. Um, I know what's wrong with me, but uh, Schuster, I just think, you know, there is, you know, oh, yeah. Kieran Foran's leaving next year. That's going to be a big loss. For Manly, um, so okay, you know, all, all eyes are going to be on Tuesday. Just gives him a little bit of an opportunity to see, um, you know, what he's able to produce. So um, yeah, Manly for me. Cause just a quick one on this one. Oh, I have a soft spot for the Warriors, so I'll, I'll go for them because I, I hope they can string some wins, wins together. Oh. They're, they're similar. They're a little bit like the Titans because they can play a good half, and they've got some absolutely fantastic players. They've got flashes of it's a regularly cliche. Like, can they string that together for a whole game? And can they please do it against the Seagulls? <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> just, just stick it to D. Look, you're right. They um, best 20-minute football team in the competition. You know, they're, they're 20 minutes, period. You don't know when it's going to come. It can start at the start of the game, back into the game, middle. Um, but, yeah, exactly. Unable to put in 80-minute performances at the moment. All right, team, cracking episode. That's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel, uh, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league, especially as we're getting so close now to State of Origin Game 1. Uh, to our listeners, we really do appreciate uh, your support. Make sure you tune in uh, to next week's episode. We're dropping two double episodes on Game Day, Game 1, State of Origin 1. We cannot wait. Um, as always, we really do appreciate your support. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. Jai Arrow does, in fact, play for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I'll catch you guys next week. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.